0: But tonight we're in Second Chronicles, uh, page 369 uh, in, the, in the Pew Bibles, and uh, we're thinking in our uh, sermons on covenant renewal, and we'll be thinking uh, from the book of Chronicles, our focus will be on the, the four kings uh, within Judah, that split kingdom, uh, and their covenant renewal uh, in that time, written probably by Ezra in the post-exilic era uh, of the the history of the Old Testament church, and a focus on covenant renewal uh, within his writings to encourage uh, the church in that era to recommit themselves to God after the exile, to give themselves wholeheartedly to the Lord, and so a mightily relevant part of God's word for us as we prepare ourselves uh, for covenant renewal on the 18th of September a little village in Fife in Scotland, Lookers, famous today for its RAF station there and the air show that would take place annually. But in the 17th century, it was a real backwater and they received a new minister around 1612, a man by the name of Alexander Henderson, And uh, this uh, individual was gifted, but he wasn't wanted. And it was a really controversial installation. The presbytery had locked, or the the congregation had locked the doors, uh, not wanting him to become their minister. And the presbytery, uh, as it might sometimes do, smashed the windows and came in uh, through the side to, to have the installation. But he was there, converted in that time, as you know, there in obscurity for 25 years until he was summoned to the General Assembly in Edinburgh because he had refused to purchase King Charles I's new book for worship. He was strongly reformed and Presbyterian in his practice and in his worship and this prayer book by the king was definitely not for him. And in that scrutiny in Edinburgh, before the General Assembly, he was gifted by God's Spirit to give incredible answers to his inquisitors. And from that moment, he became a leader within the reformed element in the Church of Scotland and when they came to form the wording for their covenant renewal in 1638 signed by two million people they asked Alexander to provide the wording and we come this evening to this covenant renewal in the time of Asa the third of the kings of Judah from the split between Jeroboam and Rehoboam Rehoboam and then Abijah and then Asa came along his dates are 913 to 869 a reign of 44 years, one of the longest among the kings of Israel or Judah. A short space is given to his reign in First Kings 15, 18 verses, but Chronicles devotes four chapters, 48 verses, to the reign of King Asa, 14, 15, and chapter 16. That the very heart of the account of Asa's reign in Chronicles in the twelfth verse of chapter 15 is covenant renewal. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord. Richard L. Pratt in his commentary on Chronicles he suggests that this emphasis on covenant renewal within Second Chronicles, as we've suggested, is to encourage the post-exilic church to commit themselves wholly to the Lord. And that's what happened. And in the time of Ezra and in the time of Nehemiah, as we will read in our services, they also engaged, in covenant renewal. We want to think of the particular strand of covenant renewal from this experience of Asa as it being a response of gratitude. We thought this morning of covenant renewal as a formal commitment. This evening we're thinking of covenant renewal as a response of gratitude. Let's think first of all of the cause of this covenant renewal. What was it that compelled Asa to have covenant renewal in his time? The scholars can date this covenant renewal ceremony very precisely to May or June 898 BC. So what was it that drove this king and it's an important question because the last recorded covenant renewal ceremony in the Bible was in the time of Josiah, 500 years before that we considered this morning his great grandfather could not tell him of a covenant renewal in his age, nor his father the reign of David, the reign of Solomon The time of the judges have no record of a, a covenant renewal ceremony. But here, suddenly, in 900 BC, we have Asa leading the congregation in covenant renewal. What was it that compelled him to do this? We can understand how Joshua had his covenant renewal ceremony in chapter 8 and 24 of his experience because he had witnessed covenant renewal under his tutelage by Moses. In Deuteronomy 29, he was there. In Exodus 24, Joshua was there. But here is Asa. 500 years since there's been covenant renewal and he decides... That this would be the thing to cement their commitment to the Lord. What's driving him to do this? What a question it is for us to ask. One of the reasons that is driving him is is found in chapter 14. Uh, If you can uh, look at that in verse uh, number 4. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandment. He says, reading God's law and commandments, he's interacting with the Torah, the first five books of Moses, and possibly with the book of Joshua as well. And he has read of covenant renewal in Moses' time and in Joshua's time. And as he reflects on his circumstances and on the benefits and importance of such a spiritual and congregational and national experience in their age. He takes up this spiritual discipline, and he leads the church in covenant renewal once again. But there's a more immediate reason for it, isn't there? It's found in, in chapter 14 in that tremendous victory which Asa and the church has in the battle. Asa has been enjoying his reign for 10 years. Everything is peaceful. We read in verse number 7 of chapter, chapter 14. The Lord our God has, has given us peace on every side. For the first 10 years of his reign, he's, he's enjoying being king. And the rest and satisfaction of living in, in the southern area of Canaan, in the land of Judah. And everything is serene. And suddenly, this Egyptian commander, Zira turns up 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem at Marisha with a million soldiers. Now, now Asa at his best number has half that. And he makes a wonderful prayer, doesn't he? verse number 11, O Lord, chapter 14, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Verse 12 says, So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians. Zerah might have come over grazing rights in that part of the southwest of Judah. He might have come in conjunction with the, the, the king of uh, Israel or the king of Syria to, to, to have this press movement uh, on Judah. He might have been left there by Pharaoh as he treated from his influence of Canaan and, and left mercenaries on the border. He comes with a million soldiers and 300 chariots. But the God of heaven is on the side of Asa and his people as they look to God and gives them a mighty victory that day and the response to that victory They gather with fresh dedication. See how they link their their victory uh, uh, to their covenant uh, renewal. Verse number 11, they sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil that they had brought. Out of gratitude to God, they come together to promise afresh to this mighty, gracious God, the hearer and answerer of prayer, their lives, their all, their service. We asked the a question in, in Psalm 116, don't we? What shall we render to the Lord for all the blessings he has given to us? And one of the, the biblical answers is found in this chapter. Covenant renewal. That's the response to God's goodness to them. And perhaps as we come in the 18th of September, this will be the uppermost dimension of your life on that day. You will be coming to give yourself to God afresh because of some wonderful benefit in your life. Perhaps one of the young people will come to sign that document of covenant renewal because God has helped them through their exams in a wonderful way, out of a heart filled with gratitude. They will rededicate themselves to him Perhaps you will come out of gratitude, Robert, for a new child born into your family. With praise to God, you will dedicate yourself afresh to him. Or perhaps that promotion in your workplace that you've prayed for, that you've longed for, that you've worked for, has been brought to you out of thankfulness to God. You will give yourself afresh to him. This is a covenant renewal of gratitude for the blessings temporal and spiritual which God had brought to them. And perhaps that will be our experience in September. But let's think secondly, the cause of the covenant renewal. Secondly, the contents of the covenant renewal. What's involved, what's included in this covenant and we learned, we saw this morning, we noticed in Joshua 24 how the covenants there paralleled the the Hittite covenants, the the, the general format uh, that was around at that time. And and this chapter 15 kind of follows uh, that structure. Here's a prophet who only appears in the Bible in verse 1 of Second Chronicles 15, Azariah, the son of Oded. We never hear of him again. But he comes in the reign of Asa and he encourages Asa to follow the Lord. And in verses 2 to no, verse number 5, he gives an historical account, particularly of the days of judges. And in that history of God chastening his people, and then God's mercy toward him, he says, in verse 4, when they turned to the Lord and sought him, he was found by them. Here is the, the threat and the reward. Here is the warning and the encouragement. Here is the history all combined together, as was often done in these covenants and treatises of Israel and the nations around them. Pratt takes the, the verses 8 to 15 to be a a specially constructed literary format. Verse 8 paralleling verse 15. And then the the verses 9 and 10 paralleling verses 13 and 14. and, And at the very heart of the whole literary structure is verse 12. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord. To seek the Lord. What a phrase that is. It's a summary of Christian duty. of The dimension, the, the bias, the bent of our soul, of our life. We are people who seek the Lord. It's not in the sense that we don't know where he is or that we can't find him. But it's in the sense of... We are after him. We are obsessed with him. We are fascinated with him. He dominates our mind, our thoughts, our decision. We seek the Lord. Perhaps you're seeking to move house. Perhaps you're seeking a new car. Perhaps you're seeking to lose weight. It's on your mind. It's part of your life. It's in your thinking. So, the pious person the godly woman is someone who seeks the Lord. The essence, the contents of their promise, of their commitment was to focus their attention, to devote their aspirations and spiritual commitment to seeking the Lord. What a covenant this is. Seeking well, you say, you know, that's that's the behaviour of, of of all those who say they're Christians. They they seek the Lord, and that is how we're to understand covenant renewal. We're not promising anything additional, but we are additionally promising. To follow the Lord. In covenant renewal there's no rabbits pulled out of the hat. There's nothing that you haven't heard of. Or that you don't in your best moments as a Christian aspire to do. Covenant renewal is additionally promising allegiance to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've sat in a baptismal service or at a wedding, or as someone is brought into membership in the congregation, and you have heard this person or these people taking vows before the congregation, and you've sat there and you said, well, they're taking those vows, but they're just promising what they should be doing. As husband and wife, as parents looking after their children, as a member within a church. But yet they do. They're not binding themselves to something additional, but they're additionally binding themselves. And in that public arena, in the context of the congregation, there is an added encouragement to follow and serve and seek the Lord. An emphasis in this covenant renewal is is on wholeheartedness, isn't there? We have this in, in verse twelve of chapter fifteen, with all their heart and with all their soul. We have it in verse number fifteen at the end, with their whole desire In this covenant renewal, their whole being, their whole heart, their whole aspiration was to seek the Lord, to follow Him. That there was no wrestling with what to do, There, there, there was no pulling in one direction, but completely and wholly they wanted to follow Christ. And that's what's to mark us. We're not asking you to be sinless. We're not asking perfection from you before you sign this covenant document. But but what's been emphasized here is that we want wholeheartedly to bow the knee to Jesus in every area of life. We will come recognizing our imperfections, acknowledging our sins, but also with the longing that we were following Christ completely. You notice in verse 11 that uh, alongside of their covenant renewal, they offered off their spoils to the Lord. And perhaps that will characterize your covenant renewal experience in September. Perhaps you will have had a, a large financial windfall Perhaps your business will have taken off and and you will recognize God's blessing on you. And perhaps alongside of your spiritual commitment there will be this other expression of your devotion to God that, that you will give of what he has given to you. In verse 16, in this particular covenant renewal ceremony, they promised... To remove anyone who would not wholeheartedly seek the Lord. And Asa's mother was one such person. She was devoted to another god. To to Asherah and its practices and values. And such was the sincerity of this covenant renewal ceremony. That Asa did not spare the queen mother. Who had influence and example within the nation, who was followed by multitudes. He removed her from that public position of power and influence. And you and I will need to wrestle with those sensitive areas in our life which keep us back, which cause us to stumble which make us compromise we might have to pull back from some friendships we might have to take ourselves off facebook we might have to give up some tv series that that has a dark side and edge to it we might have to deal with that person who has injured us and we've been unwilling to forgive them until now. The contents of this covenant renewal of gratitude. And lastly, and this is surprising, but really challenging for us and helpful to us, the crumbling, the crumbling of this covenant renewal of gratitude now this this historian the chronicler inspired by God doesn't just give the facts but makes comments eh, about people and situations and he does this about all the kings he has an assessment of them and he, he does this about Asa and on the whole the assessment of Asa is really commendable So in chapter 14 verse 2 he says Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. At the end of chapter 15 and verse 17 he says the heart of Asa was wholly true all his days. Later on you can read about the death of Asa at the end of chapter 16 and he was greatly mourned. This is indicated by the, the large amounts of fine perfume uh, which was buried with him at a sign of dignity and great value by the people and also by the great fire, verse number 14, that they made in his honour. Yunards will be able to understand this uh, idea with their great bonfires, uh, that this was not a cremation, but this had a connection of honour and dignity In relation to this king who had ruled for 44 years. So he was a godly king. A king who ruled well. A king who ruled long. A king who brought a great prosperity to the land of Judah. And yet, his imperfection is recorded in the the 16th chapter. There were two ways in which he, he broke that covenant to seek the Lord. One was when the king of Israel invaded his land at Ramah. Concerned with the the immigrants leaving Israel and coming down to Judah, he stopped stopped them on the highway at Ramah. And, And rather than asking for God's help to deal with this, Asa gave of the treasury of the temple to the king of Syria to invade from the north and distract the king of Israel from his workings against Judah. And it worked. But God was displeased with Asa. And then he had an illness in his feet in verse 12. Possibly gangrene set in. He would die of it. But see the language in verse 12 even in his decease he did not seek the Lord. The covenant he had made to seek the Lord in 1512 he broke in his time of illness. He sought the pagan physicians the implication is who had potions and magic charms and claimed magical powers rather than the Lord is God. And when we sign on the 18th of September, it's not just to be for a day, but for the rest of our days. We're to say to Jesus, I'm yours today. And into the future. Some of you maybe signed signed the covenant renewal in 1990. How's it gone since then? Here's an opportunity to to come afresh, to devote ourselves, to seek the Lord. The cause of this covenant renewal of gratitude, the contents of this covenant renewal of gratitude, the crumbling this covenant renewal of gratitude. Now, I'm definitely not encouraging this, but in that covenant commitment in 1638, some people signed it in their blood. Jesus had shed his blood for them. And they shed their blood for him. But what I am encouraging is that we will sign in response to the Son of God who was buried like Asa in the city of Jerusalem in a new tomb Surrounded by spices. Asa dying as a sinner. The son of God dying as our saviour. In response to his death and burial and resurrection. We promise afresh to be his.